Well, thank you for being here tonight on this rainy day in Hilo. And if you just recently moved here to Hilo, this is what we are all about. It's, it's, it's rainy like this. So, uh, and, and we like it because it gives us the, green, uh, the greenery around us, the scenery, the landscaping. And so it looks good. Uh, but for some of us, we're beach people. Like we like going to the beach. We like it when it's sunny. But that's okay. We still get to praise the Lord together in an environment like this. So you and I get to be a part of something greater than ourselves. And so tonight, what we're going to start is a two-part series on prayer and what that's all about. Now, some of us, when we think of prayer, we think of, uh, we have to say the right words, or it has to sound good, or it needs to be done in a certain specific kind of way. And if not, God's not going to hear our prayers. But did you know that even though you may be sitting here tonight and, and learning about prayer, or if you already know what prayer is, that we can always learn even that much more about what prayer is all about and kind of like get back on track to our prayer life. Would you say amen to that, that we want to do that? And even those joining online, if you're watching this, you can learn about prayer too. And so all of us put together, as we learn about what prayer is, after tonight are going to pray uh, specific things. You might be here with a loved one, and if you want to pray together with them or a family member, that's fine. So we're going to take a couple of minutes after the message tonight and pray. For some of you, you might need prayer. And maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, boy, I, I, I just need prayer. There are certain things happening in my life right now, and I, I, I definitely, need, definitely need God for. And so we have our prayer team that's going to be available uh, afterwards. So <clears throat> tonight as we talk about this word prayer, uh, I, what I don't want us to do is just think that when we talk about prayer, that it's some super spiritual thing that you cannot attain, that you cannot grasp, or you, you're not able to learn about, or that you're not good enough for, or that God wouldn't hear your prayers. You might think of, boy, but if I, if I pray to God, what if I'm doing bad things? Even more we should be praying to God. So no one is excluded from praying to God. Because isn't it true that in a relationship, communication is key? That's a married person right there. Communication is key. If, if you're married, if you have family members, if you are in a working environment, communication is key. Because without communication, relationships break down. And so it is with God, if we're not communicating with him and we don't let him communicate with us, the relationship breaks down. Communication is key. We're actually going to be in the book of Matthew tonight, if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 6, and we'll get to it, but you can bookmark it there, you can open your Bible, Bible app, whatever else you have uh, for that scripture, Matthew chapter 6, and, and we'll get to it. So many fights happen because of miscommunication. Have you ever been in a situation where you're going to do something and then you tell your spouse or someone that, that you're going to leave and they're saying where you're going and you say, oh, I'm going to do this. And they say, well, I didn't know. And you said, no, I told you. No, you didn't tell me. No, I did tell you. You just didn't write it down. No, I did tell you. No, I, I, I did. And so you go back and forth and you grumble about miscommunication or not communicating. The best is when you would say, no, I told you. If I, if I, if I didn't tell you, why would I ask if I did tell you? See how confusing that is? Even, even if you're writing things down, you can have miscommunication. Just one word changed can be miscommunication. So we want to learn not just how to communicate well, but why we communicate. 
With my children, uh, they're grown now. At an early age, there were times where I would say something, and you may have done this as a parent, that it was my, it was my go-to statement because I had nothing else or no other way of explaining something. And this was the phrase, because I... See, you parent too. Look at our parenting skills. Like when it worse comes to worse, if we don't know what to say or do, or we, don't, we can't explain it, or it would take too long to explain, we just, that's our go-to statement, because I said so. Now, here's what is interesting about God. He gave us what we call the Ten Commandments. Sometimes we question God, just like our children. If God were to tell us, because I said so, how would that make you feel? I mean, first of all, it's our Heavenly Father, so He gives us lickings in different kinds of ways. It's very different from then how we do as parents. So when God gave us a reason to obey Him, not only did He give us a reason to obey Him, He gave us a way in which to communicate in how to obey Him. In other words, God didn't just say, here's some instructions, now good luck. He walks with us through those instructions side by side so that we can learn together with him. And he gave us a thing to communicate to him with. Now, I, I brought up something. This is, we used to communicate with these things. Joey, can you help me real quick? I should have told you this before. Um, what is this right here? It's a styrofoam cup. Or for some of you, you saw the string, so it becomes a... Telephone cup. Now, some of you who are, like, not of age, Joey, come in, Joey. Can you hear me? Say, I can hear him. I could hear you. You got to pull it tight. <laughs> Say, okay, go, Joey. Oh, that's loud. That's too loud. So you, you can take this. Thank you, Joey. Just a quick illustration on communication. And um, By the way, Joey, happy birthday. I mean, just between you and I, just between you and I, Happy birthday. So here's, here's the cool thing about this. This is a simple thing, styrofoam cup and some string. And we used to play this when we were children or last night as adults. We still play with these things. It's fun. But that's a, that's a simple way to communicate. But it's limited. You can only go so far. Then, then we would communicate with walkie-talkies. Those were the best. I mean, if you grew up with walkie-talkies, you were in. Because it felt like you were, you were somebody, you could play like army man and, and you go, go play in the bushes and make, you know, have a tree house and you can communicate. You can actually talk to them, but it's better with the walkie-talkie because it's fun. And then now we have cell phones. So with cell phones, it's not as fun, but you still use it to communicate. But here's what is happening with these communication devices. With these communication devices, you can get cut off there's no signal somebody cut the string <laughs> cut the string it breaks walkie-talkies run out of batteries so that two-way communication breaks down as a result of it needs power or some type of connection in order for the communication to take place between two people here's what is genius about god when he gave us prayer Nothing can break the communication. It is always an open line, no batteries required, 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, God is always available and he always listens for our prayers. There is nothing that comes between our prayer and God except one thing. And it's not necessarily sin. It is our unwillingness to pray to God. It's a choice that we make to say, I am not going to pray to God. But even that is temporary. Because even though we say, God, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I'm mad at you. I'm angry at you. Do you know you're praying? You're praying to God. Just read throughout the book of Psalms. You'll see prayers being offered to God. Even in an angry state. God is okay with us being angry at him. He's okay with that. Why? Because he loves us even still. God's love for us isn't, it isn't determined by how well we do. God's love for us is determined by how well he is. And God is always well. So his love for us is never swayed by our emotions, but our prayers are. And because God knows that, it's always an open line to him. And so if there's anything cutting us off from God, it is us. We choose to do that. So if you're at a place that you're saying, I don't, I don't want to talk to God, I'm angry at God right now, you can still talk to God even in your anger because he understands. At the same time, you will still feel and sense his love. There's a scripture in the Bible, and I know we're in uh, the book of Matthew, but 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says it like this, to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, God gave us a way to communicate with him. And sometimes on our part, when we communicate to God, we may feel sometimes it's not making sense. Oh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to articulate this. I am so good that God, as our heavenly Father, is very good at translating our words connected to our heart. My grandson Jaden, he just turned eight years old, and uh, he was telling me some knock knock jokes. And he would say, "Papa, here's a joke. Knock knock." I'd say, "Who's there?" And we we know the routine with the jokes. So he said this one joke, and I had to write it down because I wanted to share it with you. So he says, hey, Papa, knock, knock. I said, who's there? He says, soap. I said, soap who? <laughs> Aliens in the car crashed from the soap. It was slipping and sliding. And the aliens got the soap and slid with the slugs back and forth. <laughs> That's his knock, knock joke. And I'm standing there, I'm thinking, well, what just happened? Like, am I still in the joke? What is, what is he doing? And he's laughing. He's cracking up laughing. And maybe that was the joke, watching me not laugh. So I'm, I'm thinking, what was he doing? But I think, I think after all was said and done, what the look on his face was, I just, I just wanted to have fun with Papa. It was, it was, it was more relational than it was words. Which, which, by the way, I'm going to use this as he grows up at his graduation party or something. But it, the words didn't matter. It wasn't about the words. It was the connection, the relationship, and it was the heart. And that's exactly what God looks for. 
He's not looking for the specific type of words you speak. He's looking for the heart behind the words we speak. Did you know that God understands pigeon? He will understand it. You might think you need to come before God. Oh, thou art God. You don't talk like that to your friends. You don't come to your friends and say, oh, how art thou doing, buddy? You don't speak like that. You can speak to God how you need to speak. Now, I know sometimes in a prayer circle, you want to be, you know, understandable. So you're not, you know, oh, okay, God, hey, I come to you and all right on, check it out. All this kind of stuff. You're you're coming to God and you're trying to articulate well because of the setting that you're in. So that I understand. Yet at the same time, the heart behind it is what God is looking for. So if we think of prayer, prayer is basically addressing and petitioning God. You're, You're talking with God and there are some things included in it. And because you're praying with with God, it also goes on to say that prayer is a classic definition of what a Christian does as an offering up of our desires to God for things that we are able to do, which is a part of his will, in the name of Christ, also with confession of our sins, and thanks for acknowledgement of his mercies. There are things included in our prayers And so Jesus actually gave us a way to pray. And that's what we find in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, it says this, After this manner, therefore pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And... Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And many of us, we remember this scripture. We remember the Lord's Prayer. We've memorized it. And there are various versions or or different versions to it. But they're pretty much the same as far as a template and how to pray. And many people misunderstand the Lord's Prayer. They think you have to pray for it word for word. And if you don't, then something's wrong. But that's not what the Lord was saying. The Bible actually teaches us the opposite because God is more concerned about our hearts when we pray than he is our words. It's always the heart. It's not some magic formula as if when we, when we pray a specific prayer, that that specific prayer is what will work. Because it's not necessarily the prayer itself. It's the heart behind the prayer connected to God. It's all included. But if you're praying the Lord's Prayer by word for word, that's still fine too. Just be cautious that that doesn't become just your repetitious prayer in which the Bible speaks of. In fact, prior to the Lord's Prayer in verse 5 in Matthew chapter 6, he starts off in this way. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So he starts off in that way, and then he goes into what prayer looks like, and then he goes into the Lord's Prayer. But right between that, he says, you know your heavenly Father, he's going to see what you pray in secret. And when you pray, in verse 5, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then 
your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So what he's saying is, there's, you don't just throw out words. Our Father in heaven knows exactly what we need and what we want, our desires. So we would ask the question, then why do we pray then? Well, because God already knows what we need, it, it lets us know that prayer to God is not necessarily about the words we speak or our needs. It's a part of it. But because He already knows our needs, it's not the main thing. So what is the main thing when it comes to prayer? What are the main components that God is talking about when it comes to prayer? Well, it has to do, if we want to break it down, it has to do with this one word, relationship. God gave us prayer so that we could connect with Him. It's all about this relationship. See, in, in prayer, we can pour our hearts out to God, not necessarily recite a memorized prayer to God. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made, oh, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So when we pray to God, yes, we're praying to Him, we're giving thanks to Him, we're not worried about things. We're praying more than we worry. We're not anxious, but we're praying to Him with supplication, with thanksgiving. We're making our request known to God, and then the peace of God comes upon us. There are times where we worry about certain things, and we forget that prayer is powerful over worried or being worried. So if we're praying more than we worry, you'll watch the, the worry side of our thought process subside because the peace of God comes over us. It's not something we can actually explain. For some people, when they're going through a difficult time and they're praying with God, their relationship with God is strong, there's just a peace that comes over them and they can't explain it. Why? Because it's the peace of God. It surpasses all human comprehension. So when it comes to the Lord's prayer... It should be understood as an example, a pattern of how to pray. It gives us the ingredients, the template in which we are to pray. And because of that template, it's like Jesus was saying, here's something that, you can, that can guide you in a short, simple way that you can use as a guidance so that you can glean from and then include the words, but this is the template behind it or the subtopic or the heading in which you are to pray. So when it comes to our Father in heaven, when we begin that prayer, it's like we're addressing God. We're, we're, we're saying our Father in heaven, not my Father in heaven, which it is, yes, you're my Father in that context, but we're also saying our Father. You know what that does? It releases selfishness, just like that. Not that we're no longer going to be selfish, but what it does is it teaches our bodies, our spirit, even our flesh, that He's our Father. That we are all children of God. That He's our Father. And He is in heaven. So I'm going to break it up a little bit so that we can kind of uh, piece it out. So that we can 
take a look at how to pray, as well as those different prayer uh, segments that Jesus gave to his disciples. So the first part is actually directed towards God and how great his purpose is. So that, that first part is, is, is separated in that kind of way. And then the second part is directed to our condition and our wants. So if you break up the Lord's Prayer, it's, the first part is about God, his purposes, you know, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The second part is about our condition, our wants. So if you think of praying to God and you're thinking, I don't know what to pray, just break it up into two parts. Say, I'm going to direct this towards you, God, our Father in heaven. You are the God of everything. You are the God of the universe. You're the God of my life. So you can extend it. It's just a template that Jesus gave. And then the second part, directed to our condition and our wants, if we don't know what to pray, we can actually say things like, Lord, I, I, I pray for our finances. I ask you to provide. At the same time, can you give me wisdom in how to oversee my finances? Give me wisdom in how to spend. Give me wisdom in how not to spend. Uh, give me self-control so I stop eating so much ice cream this week. Things like that. And then God will help and he'll give you wisdom for that, but we got to listen to the other side. We don't just cut the string and talk to God. We wait on the other side and we listen for his voice and he speaks always through his word. Sometimes we'll pray and we'll say, oh, God said this. The question I the, the first thing I ask myself is, does it line up with the word of God? Because I want to make sure I'm hearing his voice. Because sometimes, how often, my emotions and my emotional voice speak so much louder than God sometimes. So I got to make sure that it lines up with the word of God when I'm praying. I would have people come up to me and, and say, oh, God said this, and it, has, it does not line up with the word of God. And I said, buddy, that's not, it's not lining with the word of God. No, 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 no. I heard God clearly. Yeah, but it's against the scripture. It's not even anywhere. No, 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 but I heard God. Well, then either the word of God is wrong or you're not hearing God. But God never goes against his own word. What God has already said, he is still saying. Hebrews 13, 8, that's our four square scripture. That's why we put it up here. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it has to line up with the words of God because he continuously speaks the same. So these, the, if we break it down in those two parts, it helps. But if we want to break it down even further, when, the, when Jesus gave this prayer, he gives, he gives it line by line in such a way that it will help us. So let's go through this. Let's break it down for a little bit. When we talk about our Father in heaven, Jesus is teaching us who we're addressing our Father in heaven, not the God of that statue or the God of that religion. He is our Father. Where is He? In heaven. There's a specific place. Why? Because there's a connection. It's like, hey, you know Sheldon? Sheldon, where, where he grew up? Waminalo. Oh, yeah, I know him. But if it's just Sheldon from anywhere, you don't know the guy. So when you say our Father in heaven, you're specifically praying to our Father in heaven, the one true God. And that's all about relationship, our Father in heaven. And when Jesus prayed that prayer, when he said, this is how you pray, our Father, that wasn't, that was, that wasn't even heard of. To address God 
as Father or Abba. Father, Daddy. It's the word he used. That's why they were so skeptical of Jesus. They were saying, how can he say he's that close to God? Because he called him Daddy. It's all about relationship. The second part, he says, not just our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, this is our worship to God, how holy he is, how sacred this time is with God. Or if we want to put one word, adoration. We adore God. We come to him with humble adoration. We adore him. We lift him up in the highest place. We worship him. It's in our prayer life with him. So when we pray to him and we say, our Father who art in heaven, if you're not saying those words or you're using that as a template, you can come before God. And some of you actually say this. You say, Daddy, my God, my Father, our Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for embracing me. You're saying these specific words because you're coming off of the template of adoring God. I worship you. I adore you. I thank you. You're saying these words because he's our father in heaven and he's holy. Hallowed be thy name. And then he goes into your kingdom come. This is the first petition. This is where we're petitioning God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven or in earth as it is in heaven. And it reminds us that we are to pray for God's plan in our lives and for his will to be done on earth. And the reason why we pray for God's will to be done here on this earth is because God's will is not often done on this earth. But God's perfect will is being done in heaven. So we pray, let your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, just like how your perfect will is being done in heaven, can it be done here on this earth? And we pray that. Now, you may watch the news and you may see all these other things and say, God's will is not being done. Don't watch the news for God's will to be done. Watch his people in action for his will to be done. Because that's the prayer. It's when we pray, God, let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He's going to use you and I to accomplish that. So when you pray that, you're included in it. You're saying, God, I want to be included in this. That's the first petition. And so when we pray for his will to be done, it's his will, not my desires. Like, Lord, let your will be done in Heidi's life so she can change because she needs to change. You say things like that. Lord, let your will be done in my children's life because they're hard head right now. They're not listening. It's, it's like you're, you're throwing in your desires. Now, you can get to that part later. But at this part, you're petitioning God for his will to be done. In, in other words, you're saying, Lord, help me to love people how you love people. Let your will be done. Lord, help me to change into the person you created me to be. Let your will be done in my life. You're speaking these things for his will to be done. Jesus did the same thing in the Garden of Gethsemane. Before he went to the cross... He prayed to his father and he said, can this cup be taken away from me? Is there another way? But not my will. Let your will be done. And he prayed that. So Jesus is not telling us to pray something he doesn't himself model. He said, I did the same thing. I prayed for the father's will to be done, for his will and his plan. So if you want to put a, like a, a topic the first one can be relationship, adoration, and then the next one is God's will or his plan, if you want to keep it in that way. That's the first petition, his will to be done or his kingdom to come. The second petition 
that we are actually encouraged to ask God for the things we need. Need, need, for the things we need. Sometimes we ask Him for wants, that's fine, but He will always give us what we need. Maybe not often what we want, but He will give us what we need. That's why when you pray, we say, God, give us today our daily bread. It's like our needs for today, provision for today. And if you want to put a topic there, you can put provision. God, can you provide? God, we pray for uh, today that you would provide for us today. I know we want to stretch out and say, God, can you give me like for the next month? Can you provide for the next year? And, and, and we can do that, but what he's saying, what Jesus is saying is, you don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. So when you pray, pray and ask God for your daily bread. And that, that makes sense to them, the Israelites, because remember in the desert, they would gather the manna, and it was good for the day, and then it would spoil the next day. So God said, don't keep it overnight. This is sufficient for today. So when you pray to him, we're saying, God, I pray for my daily needs. I thank you for providing. I pray for my daily needs. And that's our petition to God. The third and fourth are kind of together. And this is when we pray, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So it reminds us to confess our sins to God. And the book of John tells us if you, don't, if you say you have not sinned or you don't have sin, then you are a liar. So all of us have sinned. So when we come to God and we say, forgive us our sins, here's the connection, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's like it's connected together. Because didn't Jesus say, if you don't forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive you also. See, unforgiveness hinders our forgiveness. So when he says to ask God to forgive you of your debts, as you forgive your debtors, what Jesus is saying is, you're released from that forgiveness or that unforgiveness as soon as you forgive. And sometimes we don't want to forgive someone else. And that's the lesson Jesus is trying to teach. He's saying, hold on. Are you, no, I'm, I'm not, this, this is not what Jesus says. This is more like my paraphrase, so there's a little bit of attitude. It's like, it's like he's saying, so you're telling me you want God to forgive you for all that you have done, but you're not willing to forgive this person for that one thing they did. And we're like, yep. That's, that is, that's us. See how much we need Jesus? It's like he's saying, I've forgiven you everything. And not just everything you did, but everything you're going to do. I have forgiven you. This person may have done one thing or unintentionally. Or maybe they said some hurting words and you have a hard time forgiving them. The only reason you have a hard time forgiving them is because you don't understand God's love and forgiveness for you. Because he who loves much will forgive much. But if you love little or don't understand God's love for you, then your forgiveness is little. So it, it comes back to God's love for us and how much he's forgiven us. That's why he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, I had $10 million of debt with God. They only had $5 with me. 
So Jesus is saying, use this bank account to forgive them. Because here it is, because we all deal with unforgiveness. God's forgiveness to you and I will always cost more and be more expensive than our holding on to this person's unforgiveness or not forgiving that person. What we did to God is far more of a cost than what these people did to us. Far more expensive. Our forgiveness from God costed God's very own son's life. We don't come anywhere near that type of cost to forgive someone else. Nowhere near. So if you're having a hard time forgiving someone, don't use your heart and your debt. Use God's heart, his love, and his payment to forgive. That's what Jesus was saying. Forgive us our debts. How much? Ten million. I have ten million. As we forgive our debtors, here's five bucks. Easy, no problem. Why? Because God, you forgave me all of this. And then some for the rest of my life. So when he says, forgive us our sins or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, Jesus gave us a way to be released from unforgiveness because forgiveness is never about the other person. They're free. Unforgiveness imprisons us. And Jesus said, here's the way out. So that's the third and fourth. And if you want to put a, a, a topic to it, you can put forgiveness or unforgiveness and forgiveness together. And then the fifth and sixth are kind of linked together. The conclusion of the Lord's Prayer. It's, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this is a, it's a plea for help. It's crying out to God. It's asking God to help us to overcome or have victory over sin. And it's a request for protection. We're asking for God's protection from the attacks of the evil one. So if you want to put a, a, a topic there, you can put deliverance or protection. And that will help in the prayer. Because you're actually saying to God, Lord, then help me not fall into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. So when we pray that, you can also pray it in this way. Lord, what are some things that are in my life that tempt me? What, what, is, what is involved in my life that tempts me? Is it, is it alcohol? Is it drugs that, that are taking down my life? What would it be? Is it the internet? Is it pornography? Is it, is it abuse? Is it slander? Is it gossip? What is it, Lord? What is leading me towards being like that? Is it uncontrolled anger? What is it, Lord? Because lead me not into that place. I don't want to be tempted in that area. So can you help me? Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. Because the evil one is always out for our worst. He never wants the best for us. Anytime it will sound like a good time, but it's evil, it never turns out that way. Full of regret, pain, Mistakes. And then there are consequences. So what Jesus is saying is, here, here's a, a model template for when you pray this, you're saying, I don't want to go down that road. 
Lead me not into that road. I know where that ends. I know how it ends up. I know what it looks like. I know the feeling. I know the pain. I know the consequences. I know what damage it does to my family members, my loved ones, my children, my spouse, my parents. It just damages everyone. So, Lord, I don't want to go down that road. Help me. Lead me not into temptation. Can you just deliver me from the evil one? Because he's on the prowl. He's attacking me. And I tell you, God does wonders when you pray that prayer. Now, I can pray this, Lord, lead me not into temptation, deliver me from evil, and then I walk right into that room of temptation. I still have the freedom to choose. But God will give us the power when we pray this. Use it. Don't forget who you are. You have the spirit of the living God in you. So when we pray this prayer, he's partnering with you and I so that we could be delivered And then Jesus ends with this. And it's not necessarily a petition. He says, end the prayer like this. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. ever. Amen. He says, so be it. And what Jesus is saying is, did you know that when you pray to God and you end it this way, you're ending it in victory. Because our prayers can be even some sad prayers, some prayers of, Lord, this is not going well, this is not going well, so can you help me with this? Lord, uh, can you provide for me, protect me, because I, I feel like people are, are, are crowding around me. I feel like someone's out to get me or someone is out to get me. You have these prayers, but then the end part, Jesus said, this is what you pray last, for thine is the kingdom. In other words, wait a minute, God. I am a part of your kingdom. So you're my king. You're my protector. You are my king. You have guards. Who are your guards, Lord? Your angels. You have an army of angels to protect me. For thine is the kingdom. And I forgot, God, you are a powerful God. For thine is the kingdom and the power. There is no one who is more powerful than God. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. There is no one who is more glorified than you. Or there is nothing in all of creation that has more glory than you. Everything that has glory points to the one who is glory. So for thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory. And it's not just temporary. When we pray to God, we're not just saying, Lord, I hope tomorrow you're still powerful. It's, Lord, you are powerful forever and ever. And then we seal it with amen, or so be it. And we're trusting that the prayer that we gave to God is a prayer that he hears and a prayer that he listens to. So those are just basic a basic structure in how to pray to God. Now, you have different accounts. You have Matthew's account. You have Luke's account of prayer, and it's a little different. Uh, but they don't, the scholars don't know which one was first or second. And it, it is believed that, yes, one was in one place, one was in another. But we do know this, that in the book of Matthew, Jesus was addressing prayer. He was teaching about prayer. He was talking about not being hypocritical and not just using words. In Luke, it was the disciples who asked how to pray. Now, let's just think about this for a moment. You have the disciples of Jesus following him. That's what a disciple is. They're learning from Jesus. They're learning from him. They see Jesus walk on water. They see Jesus calm the storm. They see Jesus multiply fish and bread twice. They see Jesus heal the blind, the lame, those who are paralyzed, just with his words to say, get up, 
your faith has made you well. He, they, they, they seen Jesus do this. They were amazed at all of this. And then in secret, they pulled Jesus on the side and say, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? Now, I don't know about you, but it would seem like the coolest thing would be what you would ask for. Let's just say you're a basketball player and you had an opportunity to be mentored by Michael Jordan. Or I don't know who your favorite player is. Maybe it's, I don't know, Kyrie Irving or LeBron James or Kevin Durant, whoever it is. And you walked up to them and you watched you watch all their, their games. And you went up to them and you said, hey, can you teach me how you eat? Can you tell me about your diet plan? Can, can, you, can you teach me how you lace your shoes? Uh, teach me how you strengthen your ankles and, and how you strengthen your, your fingers. Now, it, it sounds like that's, why would you even ask that? But those are fundamentals of a basketball player. Ankle strengthening and joint strengthening. Because ankles and fingers are the most injuries that occur. So when the disciples came to Jesus, yeah, they could have asked for the nice fluffy things. They could have asked, hey, teach us how to dunk. Teach me how to do a Euro step. Teach me how to cross over. He could have, he could have said, you could say whatever you want in that kind of context to look flashy. But the disciples caught something else. Because they often saw Jesus going to a lonely place to pray. They knew where his power came from. It wasn't that he could walk on water. It's like, okay, you got to stand still. It, was, it wasn't about that. It was Jesus had a connection with his father. That's, that was what they saw. The miracles, the, the walking on water, calming the storm, all of those things were a result of the power that Jesus had while being all man here on this earth and being all God because he stayed connected to his Father. So when we pray to God and when Jesus taught his disciples his disciples caught something that i think we should catch too that sometimes we we want to learn about everything else but we forget about how to pray and we try to do things well at work we try to get better with our skills we try to get better with how to how to meet people and 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 do things well we want that and nothing wrong with getting better at our skill or at our workplace, or in school, and studying, and things like that. Nothing wrong. But if you want a powerful life, start with prayer. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take some time to pray together. I'm going to ask Glenn to come to the keyboard, and we're just going to take some minutes, and we're going to use this as a template tonight. And so you can pray alone by yourself. You can bow your heads where you are. Uh, you can come to the altar if you want. Uh, you can, you can stay right there or whatever you want to do. You can kneel, whatever you want to do. However, when we do pray and I go through the template, I'm just using that to guide and use it as a teaching moment at the same time. And as we're praying, 
as I go through these, uh, these uh, words or the topics, then you add in your prayer. So I'm going to give you some time to pray on your own, as it were. So I'll, I'll give a topic. I'll pray a little bit. Then I'll give some time for you to just pray under your breath or even in your thoughts because God still hears your thoughts. But if you want to, you can pray out loud. We also have our prayer team available, and they're in the back. If you need prayer, then you can just get up and then just walk to the back. I think we have four of them, right? Wendy, who's back there? Oh, Sally, Auntie Chris, Uncle Obed. Um, and let's just take some time. And the reason why we wanted to go through prayer is we are in the busiest season of the year. We're going to need some prayer. We're going to be on the roads with thousands of cars around us. And like me, that is the toughest area in my life <laughs> as a believer. It's when I'm driving. So we need prayer. You're going to be standing in line. Some person is going to cut in front of you. And you're going to feel that heat. You're going to feel the, the, you know, that tension. The titter going to come out. You're going to be like, you know, what? Or something. Something's going to happen. And so we, that's why we need our prayer. We want to pray before we head into this busy season. For some of us, we're going to see some family members or maybe some people that we have a hard time with. This is when we strengthen ourselves. And we're going to pray. So we'll take some time to do that. I'm going to ask them to just dim the lights a little bit or we can actually turn off the lights. And the reason why I'm doing that is not so that you can hide. It's so that you can give you your, just your private time as God would say or the, as Jesus would say, when you pray to God, go into your secret room. Well, it's not that secret, but we can make it as intimate as possible. Uh, maybe the prayer team can, uh, maybe, yeah, you can be available in the back and if you need prayer, you can get up and, and go. But, but let's pray. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. And if you're there with someone that uh, you want to pray with, that's fine. But so long as you both agree. And, and let's pray together. Our, our Father in heaven. And so, Lord, we're coming to you tonight. We're thanking you for who you are. And it's our relationship with you that we're, we're so thankful for. So we're coming to you with this relationship. We're so grateful to you. We glorify your name. We we lift you up in the highest place, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. And so we thank you. And you can say your own words right now, and we'll take some time to do that. You also said to pray, hallowed be your name. That we adore you, Lord, for who you are. Not for what you do for us or what you can do or what, how you bless us. It's just for who you are, the love that you have for us. The forgiveness that you give us. The grace that you have. Your mercy to us. We're so thankful for who you are. Hallowed be your name. We adore you, Lord. So just take time to adore God. Just love him, thank him, appreciate him. Lord, I do appreciate you. Thank you. I adore you, Lord, for you are good. You're a wonderful father. You're a father in heaven. And we 
we have to work on. You seek you, Lord. And you said if we seek you, we will find you. Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray for your will, not ours, not our desires, but we pray that your will would be done. We pray that the good that you want to see happen come through us, that, that we would live that out. We trust in your will. We pray for your plan and your purpose in our lives, that we are a people of faith. We're not a people that are distant from you, but we are a people who are part of your eternal plan. So, Lord, can you increase our faith? Give us the faith that we need so that your will would be done here on this earth, just like it is in heaven. And you can include your own words. So, Lord, thank you for your will. We trust your will. For your will is perfect and complete. So we thank you for your will to be done. And Lord, we pray that you said to pray, to give us today our daily bread for provision. We pray, Lord, that we would, we would be able to have what we need. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our daily provision. And so we ask, we seek, we knock so that we could be provided for. Food on the table, roof over our heads, even transportation, Lord, in some cases. We pray for good health. We pray for wisdom in taking good care of our, our lives, our, our spirits, our soul, our bodies, our physical body. We pray for wisdom to, to be wise stewards over our finances because you will always give us what we need. And so we trust you with our finances. You can add your own words. You also said to pray that we would ask for forgiveness. Forgive us our debts, Lord, as we forgive others, those who have sinned against us. So we confess our sins to you, Lord. And we ask you for forgiveness and for the power to forgive others, Lord. And you can include your own words right now. Lord, you said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, Lord, we cry out to you. We ask for victory over sin. We ask for victory over temptation. 
protection from the attacks of the devil. Lord, we pray your hand of protection over our families. We pray your hand of protection over our lives. We pray your hand of protection over our work environments. Lord, we pray for your army of angels to keep watch over us no matter where we go. We pray over our children, Lord. We pray for your protection wherever they may be. Wherever they may be living, maybe they're in the home, maybe they're somewhere else, Lord. But we pray for your protection. And you can add your words right now. We pray for our children, Lord. We pray for your protection even over our grandchildren. We pray over our loved ones, Lord. Pray that you would protect them and that they would be home. Surround them, Lord, with your army of angels. We thank you for being good. And then, Lord, you said to end our prayer in victory. So, Lord, we know that it's all about your kingdom. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Lord, you reign forever. And you are always worthy to be praised. For all that you've done and for who you are, there is no greater. There is no one more valuable than you in our lives. And we love you with all of our hearts. We thank you for giving us victory, not just over temptation and over sin, but you gave us victory over the grave that one day we will be with you forever in heaven in a perfect place where there is no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, but we'll be full of joy because we get to see you face to face and everyone has an opportunity to be there with you in heaven. And we all, each, will have a place for you go to prepare a place for us. Because in your house, there are many mansions. You want us to be with you, Lord. And so we thank you for being who you are. You can include your words right now. So, Lord, that's our prayer together. And tonight, Lord, it was just a way for us to not just learn how to pray, but that we would pray to you, that we would give you all of our heart's desires. And as we learn how to pray, Lord, may we get better and better at it, not with the words, but that our hearts, Lord, would stay connected to you. It's all about this relationship. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. And we all said together, Amen. Can you say amen in victory with the Lord? Thank you, Lord.